0: I always enjoy watching the little ones head out on Sunday night. You never know what's going to happen. Uh, tonight, Ruby just looked like she had no idea if she wanted to go or stay. And Paul was standing there trying to, he was trying to edge her on. He was, she wasn't watching, but he was like, are you going or not? And she finally made it out the door. And it's, a, it's wonderful. And it's amazing when they leave, there's a certain energy level that leaves with them. And it's just us old people that are like ready for another nap. And uh, I appreciate everybody working with our children. Let's be faithful in our tithes and our offerings unto the Lord. Uh, The number uh, was just raised a week ago and it needs to go up uh, by about another eight or 900 just in the last week of people that our missionaries have written in about that have been saved all around the world. Uh, And let's never, never lose our vision and our burden and our joy of being a part of that. As we pray for offering, Brother Ken, would you come and do that for us, please?
1: There, Lord, thank you again for allowing us to be in your house. Lord, thank you for the church family that you've put together here. Lord, I ask that you watch over and take care of each and every one. I pray for those that are still recovering from surgeries. Lord, that you would raise them up quickly and bring them back to us. Lord, thank you for the visitors that came today. Lord, I pray, Lord, that you would continue to work on their hearts and bring them back to us again next week. Lord, be with Pastor Wilson as he preaches tonight. Lord, use him in a special way to speak to our hearts. Lord, we pray that we leave tonight different than when we came. Use this offering now to bless the ministries here and to take care of the work. Lord, we love you and we thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. Take your Bibles with me this evening to the book of Exodus, chapter three. Exodus chapter three for our scripture reading this evening. Exodus three, once you found it, if you'd stand with me out of respect for the reading of God's word, we'll begin reading in verse number one, and we'll read responsively down through verse number six. I'll, re- I'll start in verse one if you join me on verse 2 and so forth down through verse 6. Exodus chapter 3 verse 1 says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert, and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in the flame of fire, out of the midst of a bush, and he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burned. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called on to him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses, and he said, Here am I. And he said, Draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet, for the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. Moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. Let's pray this evening. Lord, we do love you, Lord. Thank you for the opportunity, Lord, to gather with your people around your word. Lord, what an awesome privilege it is. Lord, and I pray that as we do gather this evening, Lord, as we heard this morning, we'd fulfill our purpose in lifting you high Lord, in magnifying you. Lord, I pray you'd be pleased with all that goes on this evening. I pray your Holy Spirit would be here with us. I pray each one of us would be spirit-filled listeners. Lord, as you fill Pastor Wilson with your spirit. Lord, we do love you. Lord, I pray each one of us would leave today a little bit more like you than we were yesterday, Lord. Thank you for being so good to us. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. Um.
2: Like then I used to pray that each you take this shame away hide all the evidence of who
3: Heal the wound but leave the scar I have not
2: lived a life that boasts of anything I don't take pride in Every stone will sing of what
3: of this heart Heal the wound but leave the scar
2: Don't let me forget everything you've done for me Don't let me forget the beauty in the suffering
3: Heal the wound but leave scar, a reminder of how merciful you are, I am broken, torn apart, take the pieces of this heart, heal the wound but leave the scar. I am broken torn apart take the pieces of this heart heal the wound but leave the scar
4: take your Bibles if you would tonight. Yeah, I'm moving there to Exodus chapter 3. Appreciate you coming back this evening after you found out that I was preaching once again. You still decided to show back up, and so that's encouraging. Maybe some of you didn't get the announcement this morning either, so you showed up and you're surprised to see who's up here behind the pulpit, and that's fine too. Um, anyway, Exodus chapter 3, verses 1 through 6. Uh, we've already read those verses. Let me give you a little background of what we're looking at here tonight. Moses Um, We know much about the story of Moses. It's interesting when you do a study of Hebrews chapter 11, you find uh, outside of Abraham, there's more mention about the faith of Moses uh, than anybody else in the Bible when it comes to Hebrews chapter 11. God highlights his faith quite a bit. And there's a reason for that because Moses had a very unusual beginning. We remember the story of Moses whenever he was born into this world. There was a decree out for him to be taken and to be killed the moment that he was born. They was not supposed to live uh, uh, you know, very long whatsoever, but his mom decided to hide him in her house. And after three months of being in there, he got too big for her to be able to continue hiding. So uh, she had her daughter Miriam take him out, put him in a little ark and set him in the river. And while he was out in that river, the, the daughter of Pharaoh found Moses in the water. That's where he gets his name. Uh, is is because he was found in the water. And so uh, Moses' mom, if you will, growing up, ended up being Pharaoh's daughter. For 40 years he lived in the palace there, and he was raised by uh, Pharaoh's daughter. He was given all the best education of the day. He was given uh, all the advantages that were possible. Many historians believe that Moses had two separate opportunities to become the Pharaoh of Egypt. I would have been the most powerful man in the world at that time, but... Moses chose to reject those opportunities and instead he, re- he identified himself with the people of God. Um, his mother, his, uh, his real mom, was able to have him in her house for uh, a number of years before he was given back to Pharaoh's daughter. We know the story. Miriam went and got her mom and she took Moses back home and she uh, raised him for uh, some time until it was time to take him back to, uh, to Pharaoh's house where he would be raised as an Egyptian. But in those 40 years while he was there in the palace, something spoke to his heart and said, You do not belong to these people. Uh, Rather, you belong to the Israelites, those who are being persecuted. And Moses made a choice. He was going to identify with them. And one day he uh, raised his hand up against an Egyptian who was mistreating an Israelite and killed the man. And whenever he went out the next day, he thought for sure everybody would receive him as a hero. In Acts chapter 7. The Bible tells us Stephen is preaching there that, uh, that in his mind he thought for sure they would receive him, uh, but we, we know that that was not the case. They were, rejected him, and Moses knew that he was in trouble, and so he turned around and he left uh, the, uh, the place there in Egypt, and he went far away, uh, far enough away that Pharaoh would not reach out to him to a place called Midian. Forty years, uh, Pharaoh, I'm sorry, Moses lived in Pharaoh's house, and now for 40 years he has been on the backside of the desert. Oftentimes we think we're, uh, we get into a place and we wonder whether or not God is going to continue using us or not. Uh, you know, and we sometimes think maybe God has forgotten all about us. If you belong to God tonight, can I just remind you, he never forgets his own. He always knows who his own are and he's always acquainted with all the things going on in our life. He's very much in touch with the things that are taking place in our lives. And God was watching Moses the whole time. And he was preparing Moses on the backside of the desert. The day came, though, that God was ready to use Moses. You see, God had made a promise to Abraham that his people would be in Egypt for 400 years. Moses' first attempt at delivering the people of Israel was only 360 years. So the prophecy said he was way too early. But he still had it in his heart that he wanted to do something for God's people. And i got to believe that as Moses was on the backside of the desert, he was very burdened about what was taking place with the people of Israel. Remember, his brother, his sister were still back in Egypt. It's very well possible that his brother Aaron was was one of those out in the uh, slave areas there and was being worked to death and beaten. Think about it. Aaron was 83 years old at this time. He had lived quite a number of years in that place. Somehow or another, Aaron got away. We know that from chapter 4, whenever uh, God told Moses, hey, don't worry, your brother Aaron is on his way. He's going to meet you in the way. And somewhere along the line, Aaron got away as well. But I can't help but think Moses was thinking to those times where his uh, his brother and sister was there in that place. and, And oh, how he desired to have somebody to go and to do something with them. But I want us to notice some things tonight about this burning bush. The burning bush. It's interesting as we consider the burning bush what God was looking for whenever he found Moses uh, there on the backside of the desert. Let's look again here. The Bible says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jethro, his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the backside of the desert and came to the mountain of God, even to Horeb. That backside of the desert, we've often made reference to it as being a, a lonely place, a deserted place. It simply is a directional thing. That's all this is. It's just uh, that anytime the Jews spoke, they talked about looking east and looking toward Jerusalem. And to the north was Mount Zion. To the south, uh, they would talk about that. So the backside was always the west. And so it's a simple thing. Moses is on the west side of the desert. And he's, he's out there taking care of the sheep as he always did. And we, we are introduced to him here again uh, from chapter 2 to chapter 3. There are 40 years' time. Big gap. What's going on? God's preparing his man. God's working on his man in silence, uh, in, in anonymity. There he is. Nobody knows about him. He just uh, His father-in-law Jethro knows about him. Uh, his wife Zipporah, uh, his his sons, they know him, uh, his, his, uh, his brother-in-laws, his, uh, his sisters-in-laws, uh, uh, they know about him. But outside of that, really, Moses went from being the most well-known man in all the world, next to Pharaoh, to now being a nobody. God many times brings us to places so he can empty us of ourself so that he can then put himself in us in that place. But if God was looking to try to put something in us and all he finds is us full of ourself, what is the room for God then? Sometimes the things that God is doing is he's brought us to a place so he can empty us out of ourself. Does that mean that as, as he is there on the backside, he did nothing? No, Moses was a faithful man. Uh, he was there uh, out there doing the job. Here he is 80 years old, the time that he should be drawing Social Security, uh, enjoying retirement. He's not. Instead, he's there on the backside of the desert, still tending to sheep. I believe that's one of the reasons why God chose him was this year, was he was a faithful worker. For 40 years, he did this every single day. For 40 years, he would take the flock out. He would find the place where there was good uh, 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 grass for them to eat on. He would find the place where there was water, obviously a difficult thing to find in the desert, but he would find those places where there was an oasis, and he would, he would take care of them, and he would water those flocks, in. and day by day, week by week, month by month, year by year, Moses toiled and labored for his father-in-law. Like what one man said, he said this, God has not come with revelations To daydreamers, they are left to build their castles in the air. They who despise common and daily work on the pretext that they are fitted for something much better will at last be thrown into the corner among the refuse. God is looking for somebody who is faithful. Uh, Matthew Henry said this, Satan loves to find us idle. God is well pleased when he finds us employed. So well, the work I'm doing, it's not a big deal. Are you working though? God's looking for somebody who's willing to work. God's looking for somebody who's willing just to get up the next day, show up, and do their job. It's an amazing thing. We watch in our culture today and in our, in our country, it is hard to find somebody who will show up to work. Yeah, I don't know how it is out here, but back home uh, where we're at now, uh, that's become the, the, probably the biggest scourge that we deal with is that somebody will come in, uh, there was a fellow that, that I was told about at one of the places uh, uh, in our town there. He came to work for two hours, and he said, I, I need to go take a break. And, you know, uh, they give the 15-minute break after a couple hours and whatnot, you know, lunch break at four hours and so on. Well, he went and took his break. He never came back to his station. Somebody was looking around trying to find him. Somebody knew him, so he called him and was, hey, where are you at? He goes, I'm home. He goes, you're supposed to be at work? He goes, yeah, I didn't like it. <laughs> didn't tell anybody. And just up and left because, hmm, don't care for it. Now, he's still expected to get a paycheck. Uh, No, son, that's not happening. You know, it's an amazing thing how he watches here and how the devil is is so crafty at taking away the things that God holds as valuable. God is looking for those who are faithful. God wants faithful people. Think about this. Moses' employment was not one of great significance. Here he is taking care of whose flock? His father-in-law's. He's been working at this for 40 years. Wouldn't you think after 40 years he would have his own sheep? Don't you think after 40 years he'd have his own flock to be tending to? But no, he is still taking care of his dad, uh, his father-in-law's flock. But well, what kind of industry does that kind of man have that he's just, he's, he's just content to take care of somebody else's? You know what? God is not looking for those who have great success here on earth. What he's looking for is those who can be found faithful. He wants to find faithful people. Earthly position is not a qualification for God's service, but faith and character are that's what he wants to find. It's interesting that God tells us there in the, in the Gospels, whenever Christ was giving the parables, he gave a parable of, a, of the, uh, the ones with the talents. He was, one was given five talents, one was given two talents, one was given one talent. God never made mention of the fact that each of them doubled uh, or focused on the fact they had doubled what they had. He simply focused on what? Well done, thou good and faithful. Faithful is what I'm looking for. The Bible tells us that one day we will stand before God and we will give an account, and while it's going to be, what are we going to be judged by, we're going to be judged by our faithfulness. It is required, uh, 2 Corinthians chapter four verse two, "It is required in stewards that a man be found faithful." God wants faithful people, faithful people who will show up to to church. He wants uh, folks who are faithful to serve in the church, not just to come and say, come and serve me, but rather be busy here. Uh, Jesus, here over and over in the Gospels, told us that He is looking for those who will be servants. He says, The greatest uh, in the kingdom will be the servant of all. Ask you this here who have you served today? Who have you served today? Have you been looking, uh, busy looking to see who I can be a servant to, or have you been looking for everybody to serve you? See, God wants those who are workers, but he wants them to be faithful uh, to, uh, to, being a, uh, to being a worker. Well, on the backside of the desert, Moses had learned that being, uh, that being was more important than doing, and later he learned that the doing came from being. He was with the Lord. He was taking time with the Lord. He was spending time uh, with him. And so here he is, he, he comes about and he's on the backside of the desert And he comes to the mountain of God, even to Horeb, that place where God has faithfully met him and he has faithfully shown up to meet with God, that place where down the road they will once again meet many times over. Um, Moses is back here at this familiar ground where it is a place to meet God. Uh, He has been faithful in meeting him uh, during this 40-year period. And now God wants his attention. He wants his attention. Look at verse 2. And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush. The angel of the Lord, a, a euphemism that is used that is a reference to the pre-incarnate Christ. Notice, if you will, I know Brother Tim was mentioning this the morning in Sunday school, this very same thing, but you'll notice it says, The Angel of the Lord, capital L, capital O, capital R, capital D. You'll notice it begins then the angel. That means it's singular. There is nobody, there's only one angel of the Lord, and that is Jesus Christ in the Old Testament. That's his appearance. That's the phrase that is used of him as he would show up as as God himself, as he would come down in bodily form before it was time for him to come as a a baby born to a virgin uh, Mary. He was still uh, 1,600 years away from being born and coming in this world. Here he shows up to Moses, but he doesn't show up as as the body of an angel. Rather, he shows up as a burning bush. And it wasn't some great bush. It wasn't some bush that was uh, outstanding. No, it was just a simple, common, everyday bush. It is said that the bush, uh, that these bushes here were found all over the desert. They were common. And don't you love that, that God wants to use just common things to get his word out? I've often wondered why God uh, chooses to use mankind uh, to get his word out when he could use an angel. Wouldn't that get your attention? If an angel showed up to you this evening and said, uh, Pastor Wilson, step out of the way. I'm going to take over the service. We'd all be like, yeah, let him talk. I'd be the same way. Let him talk. Well, I want to hear what you got to say. But God chooses to use common things here. When we find this bush is on fire that, that is, is there to catch Moses' attention. And, and Bible, I uh, hear, <coughs> excuse me. Uh, this, uh, this this symbolism that God uses that fire is that that symbol of God's presence that He is here that is who He is uh, He has showed up there uh, when this flaming bush that day and that fire represented the Lord's holiness that represented His presence it represented the glory which helped Moses understand God better the better we know God the better we will serve God and that's what that's what the purpose is in this uh, particular encounter God wanted him to know Him better so that he would serve him well. If all we think God is, is just somebody that's distant from us, we will not serve him well. If we think that the only time God is around us is in church, then Monday and Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday and Friday and Saturday, it doesn't matter. I can live however I want to then. But if we get to know God and we understand he is always present And he is everywhere we go. And everything that we are involved in, he is there. It will change the way we view the way we live our lives. A constant reminder that God is always there will help us serve the Lord better. Not just when we're in church. Job said it this way in Job 42 verse 5. He says, I have heard of thee by the hearing of the ear, but now mine eye seeth it. Moses was getting an up-close personal uh, uh, re- revelation of God here for himself this evening uh, as we're looking at these verses here. And we see after he, he has this happened, notice what Moses does. The Bible says that that bush burned with fire and the bush was not consumed. By the way, what a great picture to be reminded for us as believers as we serve the Lord. If we're serving in the strength of the Lord, it will not consume us. If that bush was burning on its own, it would be consumed quickly, wouldn't it? Many times we hear people suffer from burnout in the ministry. That's because we're doing it in our own strength. If we're serving in the strength of the Lord, we will not burn out. It makes a big difference. Who is supplying us with the strength we need? Who is supplying us the, uh, the, the power to, to do the job that God has given to us? Moses, hey, I need your attention. Notice in verse 3 now, he says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside... And see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. You know, it is possible for us to ignore the things God is trying to do to get our attention in our life. Moses could have very easily went on by and said, huh, what do you know? A bush on fire. And just kept on walking. There's many bushes that catch on fire in the desert. It's hot out there. And he could have very easily went on by and said, oh, it's no big deal, just another burning bush here. But he noticed something different. there. This wasn't doing the normal thing where you're watching the leaves burn off and, the, uh, and you know those, those hot coals around there. And it was getting smaller and smaller. Rather, it just stayed in full uh, and had the leaves still on. Everything was different about this here. And so Moses had to take the time to stop and say, wait a minute. Something's different about this here. He makes, a, he makes a decision. He says, I'm going to turn aside and see this great thing that's taking place. Sometimes we're guilty of being so busy with what we have to do that we miss the opportunity to get to meet God. Moses could have said, I'm too busy. I got these sheep to take care of and I got to get them back home. And the people at the well, I need to make sure I get there at a certain time so I make sure I get the sheep watered on time because once everybody leaves, I maybe love to try to get the stone off by myself and I don't want to do that. I want to have the help. And he could have rationalized away the opportunity to meet God. If we're not careful, we've got blinders on. And we miss the opportunities for us to turn aside and see God. Does God still work that way today? Well, oh, you may not find a bush burning outside this this afternoon or this evening, but he still wants you to take time to turn aside and spend time with him. He still wants you to come in and not be so taken with the day or taken with all the events of of life that you miss out on the opportunity to turn aside and be able to converse with the Lord and find out what He has for you. Do you want to know the will of God? Do you want to know what God has in store for you? Do you want to be used greatly by the Lord? You're going to have to be watchful for opportunities that He presents Himself. Notice what Moses said. He says, I will now turn aside and see this Great sight. uh, Moses recognized the uniqueness of this here. Moses was not so taken by the duties that he was too busy to take the time to take a look at these. Instead, we see such readiness results only from spending time alone with God because Moses had been spending time with God in the desert. He had been uh, talking with him and, and, and fellowshipping with him. He recognized that, boy, there's something different about this. I need to stop and see, maybe God is going to use this in my life. Are we looking for God in our lives? Are we looking for his presence? Are we looking for him at work and wanting to do something and give us guidance? Are we, are we looking for the Lord? Moses turned aside, the Bible says, now. He didn't say, I'll come back here in a little bit. He didn't say, I'll, I'll get back around to that. I got to do a couple laps around the, uh, the, the field here with the sheep and when I get on my last lap, I'll, take a, I'll stop and take a look then. No, he says, I'm going to turn aside and look at this now. God wants us to take the time to look at things immediately. Whenever he begins to move, listen, when God begins to speak to your heart, don't put him off. Don't say, I'll get to it later. Don't say, I'll wait till later. Listen, when God begins to speak, you respond immediately. Don't wait. Why? Because opportunities for receiving more from God are not always available. And so when they come along, they need to be heated in the moment. And when we receive them, they be ready to see, God, what is it that you have for us? And notice what happens here in verse 4. Catch this part here. And when the Lord saw. When the Lord saw. In other words, God did this great work for one purpose, and that was this here. Moses, will you turn aside and See what this is all about. There was no other purpose. There was no other person that was there that this was for. This was for Moses and Moses alone. And he said, I wonder if Moses will stop and take a look and see what this is all about. And when the Lord saw that Moses turned aside, it opened up a great opportunity for Moses. Had Moses went on along his way and ignored what was going on, he'd have missed out on the will of God for his life. That's a big deal. That's a big deal that for the next 40 years, he could have still been wandering out on the backside of the desert, all because he chose to ignore God's trying to get his attention. This evening, what is God bringing into your life that he's trying to get your attention? He wants you to see and, and get a hold of your, uh, your mind so you will turn everything off in your life and to it, everything else aside and look to him and say, Lord, here am I. What do you want from me? He wants our attention. What's he brought into your life to get your attention today? What has he brought into your life that he wants you to say, hmm, I wonder if God is wanting me for something. What, what is it that God has brought along in your life that has brought you to your knees that he wants you to come to him and ask for you, not just say, well, God, help me get through this particular thing, but rather you turn and say, Lord, what would you have me to do? That's what he's looking for. The Bible tells in Isaiah chapter 6 that Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up uh, there in his throne and he saw those wonderful things that took place. He realized he was a man of unclean lips and he cried out. He said, woe is me for I'm a man of unclean lips. And he had those coals placed upon his, uh, his lips there and he was prepared for the work. But then God makes a statement, whom shall we send? And who will go for us? He did not say, Isaiah, will you go for us now? Isaiah, will you go out? He didn't say that. God is talking amongst the Godhead. Who's going to go for us? Who's going to take our message? And because Isaiah was in the presence of the Lord, he heard the conversation. And Isaiah said, here am I, he said me. It's because he was in the presence of the Lord, he heard the opportunity from the Lord. And he said, Lord, give me that opportunity to serve you. Moses, you're in the presence of the Lord and you're going to receive an opportunity, but will you turn aside or will you be too busy? Moses was not too busy for the Lord. He's turned aside. And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, notice those words there, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush. We sit down with our Bibles. We go through the routine of reading. But do we expect to hear from the Lord when we have this book open? The psalmist said it this way in Psalm 119, verse 18, Open thou mine eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of thy law. God, I'm not not smart enough to figure out what you've got. So Lord, help me to see, help me to understand, help me to know what is in your word. God wants our attention. God wants our attention, and sometimes we need help for him to get our attention so we turn and we say, Lord, help me not to miss what you're trying to speak to my heart about. God, give me the help that I need. It takes quietness of soul, quietness of heart. For the Lord to speak to somebody, you've got to turn everything else aside, turn everything else out. Moses, Moses. Moses, Moses. Think of it as your children, as you're calling for them, you don't want to just to call them by their name to get their attention. What do you do? You call them by their first and middle names. When the middle name shows up, that's a high alert. Uh-oh. I better listen this time. God here, Moses doesn't have a middle name, and so he calls out his first name twice. Moses, Moses! What's that? That's urgency. There's an urgency here that God has. Hey, Moses, I need your attention. Hey, come and look here. Think about it. when He called out to Abraham. Whenever Abraham had that knife up and he's ready to plunge that knife down into his son Isaac, what does God do? Abraham, Abraham. Abraham dropped the the knife. After Samuel uh, had, had heard the Lord call out to his name a few times, but he had no idea what was going on. And Eli said, the next time you hear it, uh, say, uh, here am I, Lord, and, and be ready to hear what the word of the Lord is. And that, that surely the next time God called out. But the, the last time he called out, it was just not a, a single time. It was Samuel, Samuel. There's urgency. He said, I need you for something. I've got a job I need you to do. And so Moses here, he hears a call out. Uh, here am I. Uh, he says So when he hears his word, his, his name twice, uh, here am I. Lord, what do you need? Uh, Lord, I'm available. I'm here to do whatever you call me to do. Are you available for the Lord tonight? Oh, pastor, you don't understand. I, I'm, I'm too old for this. Oh, pastor, you don't understand. i I got so much going on in life right now. I could not uh, leave off all these things here that God has me involved in right now. But maybe God has something more. Maybe he wants you to leave the sheep behind and go to a greater call. Well, you don't understand. Moses was 80. I think most of you fall underneath that time frame still. If my father in law was here tonight, I'd exclude him. The rest of you, you're your guilty. You're your in that time frame. There's no age limit to God using somebody. We sometimes think it's just for teenagers, we think it's just for camp. For our teenagers to go off to camp and God's going to call somebody to preach, God's going to call somebody to the mission field. You know, you don't have to be a teenager. You can be in your 20s, you can be in your 30s, you can be in your 40s. We've got friends of ours that are uh, uh, missionaries over in the Philippines who were called to the Philippines in their 50s. And they're doing a wonderful job over there. They left their grandkids behind to go be, uh, to be missionaries. Oftentimes, we think it's the other way around. We're going to boohoo as the, as the grandkids leave and, and go to some other place that God's called them to. This case here was the grandparents who went. I, I know of a, of a, of a couple, they, they came to retirement age. They retired at 65, and then they sold everything they had and they went down to the Bahamas to work in the Bahamas. You say, Well, that sounds rough. Well, you, you know just the resort side of things. You go to the opposite side of the island where there is no resort, it's a mess. And they went down there and they live in a little concrete block house is what they live and They don't need a bit of support. They took all the retirement, everything, and they're living on their retirement down there, serving the Lord in their latter years of their life. You say, well, why didn't they go earlier? Because God didn't call them until they were 65. Is there any limitation on God for you? Moses was 80. I, he'd have been right. You know, we thought he'd be right. He said, God, I'm a little old for this job, don't you think? God said, I want you. I want you to go. I, Lord, I, I've got a plan for you. And, and Moses says, here am I, Lord. What would you have me to do? And the first thing that God held with, uh, had Moses to do was understand, first off, don't you disrespect who I am. You need to understand who I am. Take off your shoes. You're on holy ground. God just doesn't take anybody. He wants us to have an understanding that he is holy and he expects his work to be done in holiness. We've lost the awe of God in our day and age. No longer do we see God as holy. We think we can roll any old thing out to him and he should be happy with it. God says, no, I still demand holiness. I still expect holiness. Moses, you're coming into my presence. Holiness is what is important. And he told him to take off his shoes. Why? Because he was in the presence of God. Before we accept the message or supposed in the spirit, we need to examine the authenticity. What is it all about? Notice here, uh, God identifies himself to, to Moses. He says, moreover, he said, I am the God of thy father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And Moses hid his face, for he was afraid to look upon God. He came into the presence of God thinking it was no big deal. It was just a burning bush. But now all of a sudden he has it uh, revealed to him, this is God Almighty, and you better be afraid. God's not flippant. God doesn't say, well, you can do it by my word or not. It's not a big deal. No, God says his word is still in force. And he still expects us to live by this book. And he still expects us to go out and represent him as this book teaches. God is still a holy God. And we need to understand uh, that uh, upon hearing the voice of God, Moses trembled, hit his face. How do we react to that whenever we hear the authoritative voice of God in our life, and his word, whenever he comes to us here? Listen, God wants us to understand he is serious about these things and holiness is God's fundamental attribute. It's what he wants us to understand about himself. No one will serve God well who has not been greatly impressed and influenced by God's holiness. God has something he wanted to accomplish here in his life. Moses, I want you to come along. Here he is. He's just being faithful in the work that God had given to him at this time in his life. Was it a big job? No. Was it a flashy job? No. Was it something that everybody would be like, ooh, boy, look, he's a shepherd. No, in fact, he was despised by many. But he was faithful, taking those sheep out day in and day out, day in and day out, until one day he came across the burning bush And that burning bush, he calls out and says, Moses, Moses. Moses responds, here am I. Moses, you're coming into holy ground. Take off your shoes. I'm the God of your fathers. I'm the God of Abraham, the one who made the promise to Abraham that I was going to deliver my people out 400 years later. That's me. I'm the God of Isaac. I'm the God of Jacob. The Bible says that Moses feared and hid his face. In the following verses, God begins to go through and reveal many things to Moses about what he knew was going on and what he wanted to be done and what Moses attempted to do 40 years earlier in his own strength and his own abilities. God was about to do in God's strength and in God's ability. He just needed Moses to get emptied out. Maybe you're in a place where God's emptying you out right now. And he's getting you prepared for the work he has for you. We don't know. But here's what I do know. We need to be ready and we need to be listening for the the voice of God. Because what began as any other day for the last 40 years suddenly turned into the day that would change the life of Moses forever. God was ready to move and Moses was ready to listen. By the the end of chapter four, Moses is on his way to return to Egypt to lead Israel out because it was God's plan. It would accomplish his will and Moses would go down in human history as one of the greatest to ever live all because he responded correctly to the voice of God. Can I just tell you this, that God still speaks today. The question is, is anybody listening? Is anybody listening? What Moses could not accomplish by force He was able to accomplish by faith. And that's where God wants to get us to. Tonight, maybe God has a burning bush in your life and he's trying to get your attention. Hey, will you listen to him? Will you turn aside from everything else going on in life and say, God, here am I. What do you want? What do you want from me? Here am I. He's looking for faithful people. He showed up to church again today, didn't he? That's good. Do it again next week and the following week and the following week and the following week. You're you're there teaching Sunday school, good. Do it again next week and the following week and the following week. You're there in junior church, good. Show up again next week. Working the bus route, good. Show up again next week. You're you're working uh, here, helping out with uh, this uh, activity or that activity. Good. Show up again the next time it's open. Show up again the next time it's available. Uh, You showed up this week for soul winning. Good. Good. Show up again next week. I promise you, you just keep showing up, and you keep being where God wants you to be at, and you just keep doing your job. God's watching. He says, I'm looking for a faithful man. I'm looking for a faithful lady. And the day will come when it will say, and he'll call it your name. The question is, will you respond? The Bible says in the book of Philippians that he, hath, he that hath begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. He has a plan for every single one of us in this room. No matter where you're at on, on the age scale, it doesn't matter, God has a plan. The question is, will you listen? Will you listen? Father, help us tonight.